0: From the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Bracely, presented by a Cloud Guru, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world.
1: Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are coming to you not from the massive Cloudcast studios in Raleigh today, but we're coming to you Today, from a slightly different location, actually a slightly different format for the next couple of shows, um, we had an opportunity here over the last couple of months to work with the TechStars program, who many of you know uh, are being around the startup community, uh, really getting some companies started, helping some companies uh, get better mentoring, uh, better networking, and. Techstars got together with MetLife Insurance, which is based here in Cary, North Carolina, or has a uh, large facility, technology facility here in Cary, North Carolina, which is just outside of Raleigh. And the two of them have been working on a sort of a corporate partnership uh, to look at entrepreneurial ways to really redefine and disrupt the insurance industry. Um, So, we had an opportunity to work with the, the Techstars team as uh, they had selected 10 companies out of uh, many, many companies that, that applied to the program. And we had an opportunity to sit down with a number of them, uh, actually six of the companies. We're going to introduce those to you over the next two shows. So we're going to have three companies per show over the next two weeks. And we're going to introduce you to some, some startups, uh, some founders. We're going to introduce you to some companies that um, you know are just getting started, some that are looking for to move into their growth phase, others that are... Are launching a second and third product because they're an existing company. And we really feel like this is going to be an interesting way for you to get some behind the scenes look at how do these tech incubators work? Uh, what are the founders thinking? Um, and we got a chance to sit down with them in an early stage in this process. It's a three month process um, that the companies go through. And at the end of it, um, there's a, a whole sort of demo day uh, process in which they sort of repitch themselves to potentially new venture capitalists or other partners that are out there. So hope you guys enjoy this format. Um, like I said, we're going to introduce to you three different companies in each of the next two shows. Um, the interviews are going to run about 10 or 12 minutes each company. So the overall show is going to be a normal length uh, cloudcast, you know, 30, 35 minutes. So uh, don't get freaked out by that. But I think you're going to enjoy this. They are um, not necessarily, you know, going into the in depth cloud tech that we usually do, but I think you're going to enjoy learning about these founders, learning about these companies. Um, every single one of these is something that could be applicable to your regular life, as insurance applies to uh, a lot of the things we do on a day-to-day basis but you know really interesting to see how they're attacking different aspects of parts of your life that may involve insurance or risk or uh, you know, accident avoidance or health uh, improvement and so forth. So hope you enjoy this. We're going to get started with a company called Buddy. Uh, and Buddy really focuses on on-demand accident insurance. So they're really focused on um, that weekend warrior that wants to go out mountain biking, uh, the person that wants to go to a water park with their kids, and maybe just wants to make sure that uh, you know, if something happens, they're going to be properly covered. So they provide, you know, very short-term type of insurance. And it's an interesting business model, and we hope you enjoy it. All right, so we're going to kick this off with Charles Merritt, founder, CEO of Buddy. Uh, I am Buddy.com. Um, you guys are going after a, a very interesting space that I know a lot of our listeners will have an interest in just because they're active people. You guys are going after the sort of insurance market or protection market for people that want to do outdoor things, want to do extreme sports. Um, First off, tell us about yourself. Um, Sure. You're a a UNC guy. You're wearing a a UNC hat. So, you know, we we love the the background from the area. But uh, tell us about your passion for, for getting Buddy started. Yeah, you know, Buddy is really uh, born out of
2: not just my experience, but it's the passions of our entire team. Uh, you know, we've got a great group of folks who are technologists, uh, insurance brokers, data scientists, underwriters, um, and the thing that unifies us is really our love of, of the outdoors and and getting out there and, and doing stuff that keeps us fit and keeps us engaged with who we are. Right. Um, so right now, you know, we've got. One of my teammates is is training for two marathons that she's about to run, um which just makes me cringe inside <laughs> um, but uh yeah, and I used to work in New York uh, when I left. I packed up a bag and soloed seven hundred miles on the a t um and that was really you know a a not necessarily a transformative experience, but a, a clarifying experience for me. Yeah, um, and it was that I, I personally need to be connected to things that are a little wilder than uh, than concrete jungles uh, to to really be happy and, and get meaning in life. Right. So, when we thought about what we could do uh, with our skill set um, to really support our outdoor passions, we realized that ourselves and our peers were experiencing this pain all of a sudden, which is that it's now like thousands of dollars. If you get hurt and go to the ER for stuff, that's pretty basic injuries like broken arms, all that kind of thing. Um, And it's really driven by high deductible, high copay health insurance. uh, And that's a pain that I think is now universally being felt. Uh, I watched it with both of my parents in the last few years. Uh, They have had bike wrecks and gone to the hospital And it's nasty. Right. Um, So we figured we could put together a new type of insurance product. We could go talk to the community uh, to make sure that we're helping people manage risk appropriately. And the traits of that product were that it had to be fast and light, right? Right. Just like our favorite outdoor gear. Yeah, exactly. So we wanted insurance you could buy just for the day for an event, uh, for a vacation, uh, or for, you know, folks like us who are doing something, you know, almost every day of the week. Right. You want to go ahead and you know get a monthly recurring plan or an annual plan um, to make sure you're always covered and you don't have to think about it.
1: Yeah, and it, I mean, there's there's a part of me talking to everybody who's part of this program that there's a um, you know insurance is always traditionally thought of as like this this big thing, big stuffy companies, but you know you're competing against really big companies that have established bases and established you know financial models and so forth. Um, but I feel like the world has become a place where we have so many things that are just an app on our phone that we're used to this idea that there's a thing that I use that's for a specific part of my life. Like Uber is a specific part of my life and certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so walk me through like the think the thought process because obviously things are still evolving but like um do i do i click on my buddy app like right before i jump on my bike to go pedal do i have to think about this a day in advance or you know a month before my family goes to hawaii and wants to go parasailing like just kind of walk us through the thought process of how people should interact with you
2: sure so we're really looking at two ways that people can find us yeah uh one is that we're trying to partner with awesome brands uh who provide the experiences that we all love uh so when you're signing up up for a lift ticket, Mm uh, when you're checking out for a race or, you know, whether it's an adventure race, bike race, whatever. Okay, so this
1: is going to be part of the
2: activity you're we're, doing anyways. We're, so. we're, we're going to be part of that registration yeah. process. So, cool. you know, the way that you would go get travel insurance when you're buying a flight ticket, we have you insurance for fun stuff. Okay. Uh, and then we're also working on direct channels. So uh, I come from a background in, you know, the world of, of travel tech and, and right. e-commerce. And so we're thinking about what the customer experience needs to be when you want to come to us, when you are aware that, hey, here's this awesome outdoor brand about risk management which, you know, that sounds kind of weird to say today, but we're going to make it happen. Uh, So when people come to us, we want to make sure that, you know, we have a clear, fast way for them to get covered. Uh, And then we're also beginning to experiment with conversational interface and conversational commerce. So we have our own chatbot engine uh, that's uh, dedicated to selling and managing insurance products. Uh, And we think that messaging is actually a great format for insurance because it's lightweight, you know, it, downloading an insurance company app feels like the wrong interaction. Oh, yeah. When it's like, hey, here's who I am and what I'm up to. Like, can you just cover me for the day? Right. So sending that message is super fast. Uh, and we think that that's a, uh, a channel that we can be leaders in mm-hmm. um, because we can be nimble and iterate quickly and test and learn. And we don't right. have to get a thousand people in a giant organization to sign off on it.
1: Right, right. Yeah. The, when I was first digging into the company, the, the, the immediate thing that came to mind was there was a movie called uh, Along Came Polly, where uh, Ben Stiller had to go figure out if this crazy CEO was was worth the risk and, and he wanted to do base jumping. And stuff and yeah. i was like it's a little bit like that so yeah you guys obviously have to figure out um on a fairly fast basis like um especially people are doing stuff that is highly risky or you know yeah. at least in theory highly risky how do you figure out the great mountain bikers from the the average mountain bikers or you know, like talk just a, a a tad about the technology that has to sort out you know how you do risk management
2: yeah yes. I, you know I'm, i'll i'll um Frame that up this way. You know, when we think about the people we're covering, mm-hmm. we're thinking about the person. Yeah. Right. So that mountain biker may be doing some downhill mi- mountain biking activity today. Right. right. They may also be going for a long run five times a week, and they go mountain biking once or twice a month at right. the downhill slope. So w- for us, it was more interesting to try to figure out Simple, understandable price points mm-hmm. that could cover people for a variety of activities, yeah. as opposed to thinking on day one like we've got the right data, we've got this price granularly enough right. uh, to be able to say you're mountain biking for thirty minutes. Here's the exact price. Right. right. So right. we've really taken a holistic approach to pricing, um, and uh, from a um, a standpoint of how we've done that, we've relied, you know, on research that we've done into what causes people to go to the ER. Mm -hmm. And we've overlaid that with a lot of the participation data that are available. Um, And what we found is that while you may look at something and say, yeah, that looks risky, it's not as risky as you might think quantitatively. Um, And the other thing that we know about our customers is that they spend a lot of time thinking about how to be safe doing the things that they love doing. You're not going to find a lot of people out there trying to climb a multi-pitch route who haven't spent a ton of time thinking about whether or not their gear is in order, right. um, you know whether they've trained properly, whether they've planned properly, whether they got the right beta from the guys who did it before, yeah. right? Like our customers generally, especially the ones who do the things that most of us look at, myself included, and are like, "Holy crap, that's crazy!" Yeah, you know those people have spent a ton of time making that thing that seems crazy to most of us much safer than it would be if I tried to go out there, you know, uh, and do something I'd never done before. Right. Right.
1: How do you um, obviously anything anything new uh, there 's a trust factor to it. People need to know who you are um, you know if they get hurt, they want to know like <laughs> you know how will my claim get filed and so forth how do you How do you work through those types of just general i mean obviously there 's no perfect answer to it, but how are mm-hmm. you thinking about how do we do this uh, in this space Yeah, building trust is hard
2: um, we today have a fantastic partner behind us. Uh, we're reinsured by Lloyd's of London. Okay. Uh, and they are, you know, the originators in, in right. at least the Western world of modern insurance. Um, you know, they're about as, as uh, reliable as it gets. Right. Um, and they can trade on just their name, and that's great. So we're, we're really excited to be able to, to partner with them. Uh, we also have worked uh, early on to put together some local and regional partnerships who can help take us to market, yeah. uh, and those are generally folks who we have existing relationships with on a personal basis. Who you know, the the leap they're making is that we're going to continue to be the people that they know, um, and the the receipt that we get from them is that uh, you know they lend us some brand equity, uh, and it's not something we can do overnight, right. and it's going to take time to both get that initial you know the initial uh, uh, relationship with a customer, but we also have to be <coughs> You know, awesome at over communicating, yeah. delivering a great service, yeah. um, and you know, really going to bat when when someone needs us to. Right, right.
1: Yeah, no. To to me, that's of of all the things that go on in the startup world, the, the most interesting thing amongst a lot of things is y- you look at sort of supply chains, so sort of between people that deliver a service and their customers, and that's all that's all changing. So you know, Lloyd's mm-hmm. of London very well may go look. We need to be able to have products for companies that. That have, you know, $1,000 problems versus $100 million problems, they can do that, but they don't know how to go talk to customers, they don't know how to design apps, they don't necessarily know how to build the trust, they don't, and to me that's the interesting thing is, is you're going after a certain segment of that supply chain and your focus is is different than theirs, yours is on, is on trust, it's on understanding what these people love and how do you make it part of their day-to-day life and simple and so forth, so that, that part is, is very, very interesting to me. Yep
2: and the way that we at the end of the day approach it is authenticity yeah i mean uh jay on our team you know he's raced xterra he's climbed on five continents uh he whitewater paddles and right. he's you know he's got this amazing resume um you know uh I, I referred earlier to uh to Brittany, who's training for two marathons right now uh we, we are our customers right so we can go hang out and get dirty and have no problem living out of a van. You know, we're we're going on a retreat here with the entire TechStars class, uh, and the uh, the buddy team is going to be sleeping on our thermo rests because there's not enough there's not enough yeah. beds in the place we're going. And we're yeah, like, that's yeah. fine. You know, that's we don't care that's where we'll sleep. Yeah, uh, yeah, we can you know sleep outside if you need us to. It doesn't matter. Um, cool. And so you know we. We are our customer, and so it makes it really easy to have an authentic relationship.
1: Yeah, I. Uh, we, we always find that the people who um, we, we we never can guarantee success. to The people that we talk to on the show, but but the people who essentially have built things that they're like, look, um, if I was on the other side of the of the coin here, if I wasn't building this, but I was using it, this is what I would build. Or you know, we essentially built it because we needed something like that. So um, very cool that you sort of live it. I think it gives you a. It gives you authenticity as you're talking to people, but it but it also just gives you an insight when you're going like what's the next feature we build? What's the next thing that we would want the next step that we would sort of make. And, uh, so that's all very cool. Um, we're going to, we're going to kind of wrap this up a little bit real quick. What's the, you know, it's a couple weeks into the TechStars experience yep. for anybody that's like, Hey man, what's, what's, what's it, like it about an incubator? Like, yeah, how, how's it been so far?
2: You know, I, um, I have a couple of really great colleagues who uh, preceded me through TechStars, so yep. I got some inside feedback, um, and I think that the, the program has far exceeded my expectations, even with that prior knowledge. Yeah. Um, the team here, you know, MJ, Brad, and, and the rest of the uh, the folks on the associate team have not only made things run so seamlessly that when they ask me, they're like, "Hey, is everything okay?" Like, I haven't even thought about that. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm yeah. so like focused on the velocity, which with you know, with which you're, we're moving through the program and with which we're, you know, moving on our business, that all of the logistical stuff that, that they're doing so well just appears seamless. And the value that they've added has been, you know, I, I can't imagine how long it would have taken us to reach out to the the network and the mentorship they brought in. Yeah. So, you know, to date, just a few weeks in, I can already say, well, Shit, it would have taken us like two years to talk to all these people if right. we were even able to get to them. Yeah. Uh, and we did it in two and a half weeks. No, so nice. it's it's fantastic.
1: Yeah. No, that, that's great to hear. And then and, and just the fact that you guys aren't, you know, two weeks in completely killing yourself, like you're taking some, some time, life balance to get out and, and spend time with the team, but, but get out of the office and go think about stuff. That's very, very cool. So Yeah. Well it's uh it's um, that again that 's something
2: that the techstars folks are putting together for us, you know they see that and and're like, yeah, everybody does need to catch catch their breath a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know I know that you 're talking to a few other teams here, so you 'll hear some great stories about different people 's companies and how they think about sort of holistic wellness uh, right. um, and, and for us, it really is going outside and playing you know that 's what that 's what buddy's all about,
1: yeah, very cool, uh, Charles Merritt, um, CEO of Buddy, um, Thanks for being on, and we will uh, we' will get a bunch of stuff in the show notes for folks that are going to. You know, go out on a bike ride this week, a hike this week, and uh, definitely check out uh, check out Buddy. It may save you some hassle and time at the at the emergency ward if you have a bad day. So, thank you very much, man. Thank you so much. All right, thank you very much to Charles Merritt, CEO of Buddy. And now we want to introduce you to a company called Enroll Hero. Enroll Hero is focused on trying to make it simpler for you to get Medicare insurance. For anybody in their late fifties, early sixties who's eligible for Medicare insurance. Many of them will realize that finding the right insurance at the right price, making sure that you get the right coverage between all the different parts and plans, making sure that you're getting the right coverage for your state can be complicated. And Enroll Hero is trying to make that far simpler, far more intelligent, and make sure that you're getting the right coverage at the right place. So I want to introduce you to Enroll Hero. And we're back. We are here uh, in Raleigh, uh, not in the massive studios as we normally are, but we're over here. At the MetLife Building, um, as part of the TechStars program, we've been uh, having a chance to talk to a number of really, really interesting uh, startup companies, companies that are that are growing um, as part of this program that MetLife is doing with TechStars to really focus on um, disrupting the insurance industry, uh, making the insurance industry easier for people to engage with, um, you know, changing the ecosystems that around that, and very interested, uh, very excited to have. Um, Mark Lee, who is founder one of the co founders of Enroll Hero. So, Mark, welcome. Uh, good to see you. Good to talk to you.
0: Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Brian.
1: So, you and your co founder are going after the Medicare market, um, basically insurance for anybody over sixty five years old. Uh, Ten thousand people a day are are, are hitting that milestone. Give us a little bit of background of the story that led you guys to say we want to go, you know, reshape how people engage with with getting this insurance.
0: Sure. Yeah. I'm. And we're we're not 65, and so right. it's not a problem that we we normally face. And right. and and certainly one of the things that we see in in our market, uh, which which I think is is called the silver economy. I've heard it, heard it called. Um, but but entrepreneurs generally like to to solve problems that are in their own backyard or that they face every day. And this is not in our, our immediate kind of touch points, but about two years ago, uh, Brian's mom turned 65 Mm -hmm. and, and she had this terrible experience with a door to door Medicare salesperson. Mm -hmm. Now, like it's 2016. You wouldn't really think that that still happens, but, but it did. And, and so Brian went to try to help her now for, for, for his mom who has chronic conditions and, and other health issues this is the most important thing for her, right. and so when Brian went in to try to help, he realized just the sheer complexity and how impossible it is for anyone to navigate really right and so he left there thinking, "Wow, this is a big problem yep and it was around the same time that I moved back um, to san diego so we're we 're high school buddies okay. from AP computer science right. um, a long time ago uh, and yeah, so I caught up with Brian, started working out of his office, and and we we started exploring this this problem, and right. that's how we found that not only was it a problem with anyone that was entering Medicare, but but that it's an increasing increasingly important problem because of all the baby boomers retiring. Right, right. Yeah, I know. You know, from my own personal experience, my uh, my wife went through this with
1: her, uh, you know, essentially with my mother in law, and and trying to sort it through there's you know medicare is not just one thing there are multiple parts there's parts that's you know your your doctor and your health there's a prescription part there's a bunch of things and and the options and the the things that are available um can be very good but they can also be very complicated and for a lot of people that are on fixed incomes making the right decision the wrong decision you know could end up being a third of your income or a quarter of your income or something so Um, yeah, so it's, it's great that, that you guys are going to tackle, like you said, as an entrepreneur, you want to go tackle a very large challenge and, and ultimately it's a challenge that, that people are all going to deal with, whether it's them directly or, or their family supporting them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and we, we, we went live, uh, at the beginning of the year with our beta Mm -hmm. and, you know, and and for us it's, it's, uh, it's a business, um, and we're, we're trying to build something that's sustainable, but at the same time, like the, the real pleasure we get out of it is when, when we get people that we've helped come back to us and say, you know, everyone told me how difficult this would be. What a terrible experience I'm going to have to go through. And it was, it was really easy. You made it so simple. Right. And we love hearing that. And there's a human touch to it. And, and, you know, especially in the beginning, like we, we, we met everyone. We met registered nurses and, and uh, authors and doctors and, and, every walk of life. Right. And and they all have different perspectives on it and we learn about them. Right. And, and that's helped us to, to shape our business and product to date.
1: Yeah. And, and that's, and that's the thing I always find is, is in talking to whether it's, you know, people that are in the medical profession, doctors and nurses, like you said, people that want to give care and then people that, that need to get the care, they're all just wishing, I wish this was simpler. Right. Like the, the doctors and nurses, they want to give good care. They want to help people. And, and other people are like, you know, I don't want to get ripped off. I don't want to make a mistake. And, um, Talk a little bit. You, you and I were talking before we turned the microphones on. Um, just a little bit about the challenges of, you know, starting a company in this space because it is, you know, it's highly regulated. There's lots of pieces and parts. What are what are some of those elements um, in terms of what you have to do to be a provider of insurance and, you know, things you have to do in the state, who you have to register with. Give folks a sense of just how complex it is behind the scenes.
0: Well, sure. Um, I mean, Medicare is is the most complex thing that we've ever. Had the pleasure of working on, mm-hmm. and we've worked in lots of regulated industries, including payments and, and transportation, things like that. So, just for us, um, and then for clarity, we're we're broker mm-hmm. of insurance. So, yeah. what that means is we we are licensed in the state of California to mm-hmm. sell insurance. Yep, and and what that means in practice is we have you have to test for it. You get this um, this California test that you take to get licensed, and then we're also well, there's certifications and there's contracting that you have to do right. um, with each in- insurance company yep. that you want to sell policies for. Sure. And it's all overseen by the CMS. We were actually at the White House um, earlier, <laughs> and they, there was a conference for Medicare claims claims data access to that. Yeah. And where the administrator for the CMS spoke, and, and, and they, know what the, they know what the opportunity, they know what the, the issues are with, with, with the systems – and for us, um, you know, navigating all that regulation is is part of the game, yeah. And it's it's part of the business. And we have, you know, we've we've become experts. We think we're we probably know Medicare better than ninety nine percent. And we yeah. have support from other people that have done it longer than we have for the, for that one percent. Right. But there's there's lots of intricacies, and as you mentioned, there are lots of parts and letters and, and things like that. We just try to make sense of that and kind of reduce. We saw research down into minutes is is our goal. Um, And you guys do something that's a little bit unique. It's,
1: um, I mean, obviously, you you want to simplify it for people so they know what's the best thing to buy, the most appropriate. Um, But you take a, not just a, you know, here's your monthly payment that you make, but you take more of a total cost perspective. Talk about why you think about it that way. And and do people understand the idea that, like, you don't just pay for the insurance, but it's, uh, you know all the co-pays and all the other stuff that you have to factor in. Talk about kind of the the thought process behind that thinking.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the things that we, we found pretty early on is, is that monthly premiums don't mean that much (laughs) Yeah. because in fact, in California, there are lots of $0 monthly premium plans. Mm -hmm. So you don't pay anything per month. But what we found was that let's just take, take an example of like Mm x-rays. There's some, some plans you can be on it'll be fifteen bucks, some will be twenty five bucks, fifty bucks, some were twenty percent of cost, yeah, and so it makes it pretty impossible to compare apples to apples without creating a really really complex spreadsheet, right which is kind of how our business started actually was was that yeah um, and so what we do is we use um, we use a predictive engine in as part of our recommendation engine, we mm-hmm. predict what is that you healthcare. Usage that someone's going to have over the span of a year, and then we calculate what the cost will be across every plan based yeah. on the characteristics of the plan. Gotcha. We call this total cost, and we think that it's it's a it's more of a uh, apples to apples comparison rather than just looking at the monthly premium, which, which doesn't represent your entire cost. Right, right. And for
1: a lot of people, they don't understand the connection between those two. They just sometimes they'll think, oh, well, if, like you said, if this one's zero. That must be the best one because, quote, unquote, it looks like it's free and so forth.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I think, I mean, the, the bottom line is it's it's impossible to compare different health insurance plans on your own. It's just, Right. You, you have to make so many calls to get the information and build a model yourself. It's just not something humans are Built to do. Right. Um, so you, you shared your story about your co founder, Brian, with his, with his mom trying to sort
1: things out. I, I mentioned, you know, my wife went through the same thing. I'm, I'm sure there are literally millions of people that are going through that. As you're, as you're trying to break into the market, you're trying to become well known. Do you target that at the 65 year old crowd, you know, the 60 to 65 year old crowd that are moving into it? They might have to do it themselves. Or do you target their, you know, their kids and their families who are going to be helping them? Or do you have to target both of them to, to be well known?
0: Yeah, it's it, it's a great great question um, and something that we've thought about a lot. Um, and, and the answer to what we do today is we we just try to reach the, the people turning sixty five. Yeah. And the reason is that we can we we can get to them because there's this forcing function of turning sixty five. Yeah. And so we can target based on age. Um, the other reason is that they're they're also very tech savvy now. Right. Um, and one one way I like to think about it is. Steve Jobs, if he were alive, would be 63 years old. Mm-hmm. So he's he's knocking on the door of Medicare. Yeah, and Oprah turns 65 this year. And so we're we're past the point of people retiring not being tech savvy. Now they are, and yep. they expect more, and they can. And they're also very capable. Right. Um, going the other way, trying to target their kids, they you know, they, they call them the sandwich generation. They're, they're still taking care of their kids right. and they're taking care of their parents. They're probably in the best position to take care of both. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, and it makes sense. I mean, it's, you know, lots and lots of grandparents now are on Facebook cause they want to follow their grandkids. And so like you said, they are becoming much more tech savvy. They've got a computer, they're able to do these types of things. And, um, I'm curious as a, as a, you know, you guys are in beta. You're you're trying to grow the company. California is obviously the largest, uh, one, well, one of the largest states in the union in terms of population. Right. Um, do you is your thinking? Hey, we just want to be really successful in California, or are you always in the back of your mind saying, how do we
0: do this? Extend it to lots of other states and so forth. How, how do you balance that as a founder? Um, well, it's difficult. Um, we we think about it as. Like you want to own your own backyard first. Sure. And so we're we're from California, so we you know, it's easy for us to get you know, our first four policies were our parents' policies. Sure. So um but yes, like for us to grow we we have to expand um geographically to right. other states. And and as a founder, um it's it's difficult to think about that because growth for growth's sake isn't really what we're Going after. We're trying yeah. to improve, at this stage of our company, we're trying to improve the unit economics. And so California helps us to refine our, our, our costs yeah. and our acquisition models. Um, but yes, like geographical expansion is, is the way we're going to get to a million customers. Right. Right? So we have to figure out what's the most efficient way and what is the sequencing of states for us to enter. Right. Right. Excellent.
1: Uh, I'm going to ask you one last question. You know, we were, again, we were talking beforehand, um, you know, you, you moved back to San Diego. Um, You were working with somebody who had, um, I think you mentioned sort of a a looser incubator, like facilities for you and so forth. Um, Now you're part of the TechStars program, just kind of contrast for, for people maybe that haven't built their own company, you know why would you? You know why is there sometimes the timing of you know working with one set of people the right at a certain time and a different set of people at a different time? You know, kind of walk us through that a little sure. bit. Sure.
0: Yeah. So we feel really fortunate to have have worked with uh, you know two two of the top accelerators in in the country. So the first one was in Santa Monica, and it's one it's called Mucker Labs. Okay. And and we 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 think that it's more it, it's an unstructured accelerator. In that they don't they don't fill every day of your three months yeah. with programming, so it's a lot more. Um, you you kind of you structure it yourself, right? And the partner partners there, Will and Eric, are, are awesome, and and you get space to work with all the other companies. and And for us as a, as a company, we we went there and and had our beta launch, and so the advice that we're able to get and the companies that helped us um, kind of grow. Was was immense, yeah. and of course the the network there w- was great. Now TechStars is a completely different game. Yeah, <laughs> TechStars is is a is an accelerator. You know, in, in my opinion, great for for us after getting a product out, post revenue, and and trying to grow from one hundred happy customers to a million. Yeah, like for us, um, it's been it's been incredible for that. Yeah. Whereas the unstructured, more the incubator. Style of accelerator worked for us because it gave us time to explore and gave us time to refine and, and figure out who, are, who our customers are without really without trying to grow for again grow for growth's sake. Right. It allows us to better better understand our customers. Right, do it do it the right way right at the right time. Yeah. Uh, I'll ask one one
1: last question. Now that I'm thinking about this, um, and again, timing is everything in, in things. Um, there's a lot of talk politically without making a political statement about. Medicare for all as being maybe where the country, you know, maybe an approach. Is that something that, that even crosses your mind and you go, oh, wow, that would be great timing wise? Or you just like, I can't think about that. It'll happen if it happens, but I can't control it.
0: No, the, the way we think about it is, well, the way we think about it is we we don't control that. So yeah. we, we try not, to, we don't get too deep into it. Um, but personally speaking, Medicare for all, um, especially for someone that's lived in London for 10 mm-hmm. years would be would be amazing for the country. Um, I think it would be amazing for, for people to not have to think um, to worry about it. I, mm-hmm. I don't see it coming in the near future. Sure. For our business, I, I do think that we um, as a business I believe that people 65 and over always need to make complex decisions. Yeah. And and our business is about making retirement smarter and helping them with those decisions and yep. it might be health insurance but it can be other things yep. and and so that's way we think about it there we we're helping uh People retire, make smarter decisions. Right, right, absolutely, excellent. Well, folks, um,
1: you know, definitely, if you are uh, in this space where you know your your folks, your parents, your family members are are looking into it, uh, trust me, it is a complicated process. Definitely, take a look at uh, Enroll Hero. Mark, thank you so much for the time today. Best of luck with uh, growing the company. Best of luck with the the, the process here at TechStars, and uh, thank you for being on today. Awesome, thank you, Brian. Thank you to Mark Lee, CEO of Enroll Hero. And now I want to introduce you to the final company that we're going to have uh, highlighted on today's show. It's a company called FitBliss. FitBliss is really focused on trying to be millennialized well being, really looking at how do we bring together all of the different devices and things that you use today, bring that together in your workplace for both workers as well as for uh, employers, bring that together in a simplified tool, um, make it simpler for you to track your, your health, uh, make it simpler for your uh, employer to encourage you to live a healthy lifestyle, uh, and do that through tools that you use on a day-to-day basis, the devices that you use on a day-to-day basis. So let's get to know FitBliss. Thank you to Mark Lee, CEO of Enroll Hero. And now I want to introduce you to the final company that we're going to have uh, highlighted on today's show. It's a company called FitBliss. FitBliss is really focused on trying to be millennialized well-being, really looking at how do we bring together all of the different devices and things that you use today. Bring that together in your workplace for both workers as well as for uh, employers. Bring that together in a simplified tool. Um, make it simpler for you to track your your health. Uh, make it simpler for your uh, employer to encourage you to live a healthy lifestyle, uh, and do that through tools that you use on a day to day basis, the devices that you use on a day to day basis. So let's get to know FitBliss. We are back here at uh, here in Raleigh at the MetLife Building. We have been doing you know a whole bunch of really interesting conversations uh, as a part of the TechStars program. Um, we've been MetLife got together with tech stars. They said, Hey, we want to go look at what's happening disruptively in our industry, which obviously we love. Um, they wanted to understand, you know, how innovation happens uh, because obviously they, they want to grow their company, but they, you know, they're looking at other unique ideas. And so, um, you know, We've been doing this for all day. We've had a chance to talk to some really, really interesting companies, and, and uh, we're going to talk to another one here right now. So, very excited to talk to the CEO of Fitbliss, uh, Naveed Rastegar. Thanks for being on. Uh, welcome to the show.
3: Thanks How so much. I'm doing well. Doing well. Thanks for having us.
1: Good. Um, so, we've been talking for a while, uh, just off, you know, kind of off microphone. You and I have some similarities. We, we both were at Cisco for a while.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: um, you've been going through this transition of you know you were you were in the network space and hardware space you eventually got into the software space you were at sales salesforce.com and and now you're you're you know going out as a founder give us a little bit about your background and especially what makes you so you know sort of passionate about fit
3: yeah absolutely um so background obviously as we mentioned even before it's uh we i started my career at at cisco actually i started my career as a web developer at intel Mm -hmm. um and i found that uh i love technology um and i you know silicon valley born and raised uh and dad and my dad's an engineer and um decided that i wanted to get more into tech and what i found was my sweet spot was Uh, I wanted to see where it all started, and Cisco was a great opportunity that uh, was presented to me, and I took that opportunity, and I learned a lot about how the internet is powered, Um, so the infrastructure, really, Uh, and then I decided that I wanted to learn about how software was created and the best software companies in the world, and that led me down the path of working at Salesforce.com, which I got to learn so much from so many incredible people, and um, decided that... That point in time, I wanted to go and start my own software company. Yeah. Um, and what my passions were at the time and still to, to, to the date is, um, is seeing how the success I had was even created at Salesforce and Cisco both. And what I noticed was um, a lot of how I lived my life. Um, so the way I would exercise regularly, or I would eat well, or I meditate every day. Um, and I went to meditation school for five years uh, while I was working at Salesforce. Um, and I found how it drove a, a positive impact in my career. And I thought to myself, um, I work at Salesforce.com, yep. which is a great CRM, number one in the world, right. in the cloud. And why couldn't we uh, show how our, our wellness activities and the way we live our lives has have an impact on, like, let's just say, sales performance. Yep. Which I was in, I was enrolled in sales. Right. So I decided that I wanted to combine those two passions that I had um, and deliver a solution on salesforce.com that allows people who are interested in this, at least, to start to see how those, uh, those aspects of our lives are correlated, our careers right. and our livelihoods.
1: Yeah. No, and I, and I think it's interesting. One of the, the, the things that we see over and over again, not just here today, but but with companies we talk to all the time, is the the companies that tend to end up being very, very successful are the ones who who say, look, I, I had a problem in, in the space I was in, right, or I, I was working on something and... Or And I couldn't find a, a solution for it. So I built the tool that I wanted, right? I, I built the thing that I wanted, and then right. I realized that there was, you know, hundreds, thousands, millions of people like me that may want this. And so, you know, finding people that ultimately the, the problem they tried to solve was something that they're intimately – you know, understand is, is always a really good starting point.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, we hope that's us. (laughs) Uh, it's early to say, but we appreciate, you know, we see the stories, right. And for us, um, for me specifically, when I started the company, um, I knew that, to be a top performer in sales um, means you have to be willing to uh, work relentlessly, persevere through hard times, which is the challenging aspects of sales mm-hmm. and service roles. Right. Um, 90% of the day, you're going to hear the word no. And so when someone calls a call center, they're never going to tell you you're doing well. Right. So understanding that, that persona and knowing that I was that persona, I still am yeah. as a CEO of this company, yeah. um, you have to figure out ways to personalize your own wellness to be able to uh, persevere through challenging times.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so give us a little bit about, about Fitbliss as a company, the, you know, what you're going after, the segment of the market, who your customers are, what, what, you know, who, who you're really trying to ultimately help.
3: Yeah. Great question. So when I left uh, Salesforce in uh, 2014, uh, my main focus was to deliver an app for the Salesforce ecosystem. So Salesforce has 200,000 customers Mm -hmm. worldwide, um, 88 of the fortune 100 today use Salesforce.com. So we knew the market was big and it's getting bigger. They do 25% growth quarter over quarter, right? Right. Fastest software company uh, ever uh, in growth. So we knew there was an there was an audience that will adapt uh, or adopt a solution mm-hmm. um, that's CRM related, right? right? If right. they made that investment, um, so we knew that there was a market. Now we needed the idea that would fit the market. Right. So we built the wellness app on Salesforce.com on their platform, so right. it was native. And the reason we we found that to be an opportunity was Salesforce customers. Um, had access to what they call the Salesforce App Exchange, which is like a business marketplace for business apps. Right, um, and they would look on there to find technologies. So we thought, let's build our app, let's put this idea on the App Exchange, and let's let's see what happens. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, we'll take advantage
3: of an ecosystem
1: you know and a, a system that you know, and, and that's important. Absolutely.
3: So we did that, and uh, we we were closing a customer almost every month starting 2015 where we went live yeah. um, and we got to, uh, I think like three or four customers. It was like one a month: January, February, March, April. And we realized that there was an opportunity here, but um, with growth comes pain. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so we, we learned a lot about where our product was failing. Right. And we had to deliver a solution that would make sense to our customers. Right. If they wanted to, let's just say renew with us, they need to see value. They were bought into the vision and yeah. the idea. So we knew that um, we needed to sort of, you know, start building or rebuilding uh, that will focus more on what the customers wanted. Right. So we did that. And um, now we're here at MetLife uh, with Techstars. And there's a big opportunity that's with the insurance space. Yeah. When you're starting to deliver wellness products. Right. Usually the first thing people think about is, well, then I can save on my insurance, for instance, because yep. I'm healthier. Yeah. The problem with our space, though, was um, people weren't using wellness products. Right. So the engagement wasn't there to provide a return on investment. Um, so there was a disconnect. So innovation is needed or disruption is needed. Yeah. Um, or someone just needs to hack this somehow. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think the way I sort of understand it, I think about it from, from me personally, is um, you know, my, my employers always have – some sort of thing. Call it a perk. Call it a program. Whatever right. that, that ultimately says. Hey, um, you know, th- there, there's sort of a, a win-win we'd like to achieve. One is um, obviously we would like you to be healthy, so you're productive and you're you're doing well in your job, and you'll be here for a long period of time. The flip side of that is the healthier you are, the lower our you know insurance costs become. And, and if we could make that work, it's a win-win. And unfortunately, in a lot of cases they probably work like crazy to make that program work. And, and employees just forget about it or they don't use it or it's not a part of their day-to-day life. And I have to imagine that's part of what you're, you're trying to resolve, make, it, make that win-win
3: more tangible. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so people ask, why'd you build your company on Salesforce? Uh, there's AWS out there. Sure. There's Microsoft. Um, there's all these other infrastructures you can build on. And I simply responded by telling them, if I can have uh, you know, one by one inch of the screen that an employee doesn't have to alt-tab yep. to go to or um, navigate a new navigation, I think I'm winning. Yeah. And the reason I say this is because um, today, I mean, if you look at the employee, they have probably one or two tabs open every single day because mm-hmm. that's where they live and breathe. Right. If you're asking them to add another tab, you're creating friction. Right. And employees, and I'm just thinking this more... F- you know philosophically or psychologically um you're asking them to do something that's unnatural
1: right right
3: and that um that's not related to their job role um or they don't see an immediate impact for instance yeah. and um that's why wellness programs have notoriously failed for so many years, um, again, like you said, it was just now a perk versus a must-have. Right. So how do we create must-haves? And we believe we have a unique solution to do that.
1: Right. And, and you know, look, looking at the product, obviously, uh, you know, products evolve. But but in essence, it feels to me like it has sort of a similar look and feel to what I might uh, interact with, say, like a, a financial planner. They go, here's some options, but, but really here's some guidance on the actions you should take. And these are sort of the results we, we expect you to have you know, there's a, there's a ton of time when I'm just like, I know I need to run. I know I need to eat better. I wish somebody would just tell me what those things are. And I feel like that's kind of a path you guys are are going down in terms of wellness. It's, let me give you a picture of what things are look like and and suggest for you how to, how to be successful in that.
3: Absolutely. Um, That's where a lot of uh, the data is starting to show. So we integrate with uh, all of the most popular fitness apps and wearables in the market. So um, companies like Fitbit, uh, Apple Health, um, Google Fit and the list goes on and what we're starting to do is understand your habits right and right. we tell the employee like if we can help you would you be willing to take would you willing, Would you be willing to be helped yeah um, and a majority of the time employees are inclined to say well tell me how you're going to do this and we say well right. answering your question is here's what you can be doing that's shown better productivity results yeah and if I can help you hit your number, for instance, if you're a sales rep or if you're a customer success agent and you're feeling emotionally distraught, if I can just make you feel a little bit better yeah. so you don't have a cascading effect with other you know, calls that are coming in and you get promoted due to these sort of things mm-hmm. or you get rewarded and recognized publicly, right. you're more inclined to use our product. Um, so to your point, it's nice just to have someone tell me yeah. what I need to be doing based on what's good for me. Yeah. Or maybe giving me a couple of options just so I have that, you know, control over it, which is what we're doing. We're giving just a couple options and allowing the employees to make those decisions that's best for themselves.
1: Yep. Um, You know, every... Every company, whether it's a, a you know a new company or or emerging company, is always trying to find product market fit. Right? I want to. <laughs> I want to. I, I may have great technology, but if, if the right people aren't using it, you know, you've missed. Right? Totally. You guys, we were talking earlier. You guys are kind of going through some transition. Um, the initial focus was very much on salespeople because you have a background in that. You knew if you could get that right. You're starting to sort of transition or pivot. Talk about just the thought process of, of maybe why you're doing that.
3: Yeah, great. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that hits home right now. So, uh, we, we started our company on Salesforce. We're still on Salesforce. Our thought was go after Salesforce people, our sales reps. Uh, we went live, we started getting customers. And, uh, the first thing that we started getting pulled to was the HR buyer, mm-hmm. which led us away from the sales teams. It led us to the total general population. Yeah. Now we still did well um but we hit a glass ceiling. Yeah. And the glass ceiling was lots of lots of players in our space. Yeah in the corporate wellness space. Um so now we're back here three years later and we're trying to still figure this out. Do yeah. we do we go back to our original vision, which was focusing on salespeople mm-hmm. um or do we go with what we've been selling to, which is corporate wellness, meaning every employee. Um and now we're back here at MetLife and What we're seeing is a great opportunity to help, um, the customer experience. Okay. And where does the customer experience start with insurance companies? It actually starts with the call center agent who is taking these inbound calls every day. And, um, we realize that there's a lot of burnout that happens with these call center agents and there's no technology to create like an intervention. Yeah. So we're seeing that our product can hit that market fit. So we're starting some pilots. Uh, We're starting to talk more about it, do more research. And um, there's a a better response we're getting in this area.
1: Yeah. And that's something that that you guys got really out of the program,
3: out of the mentorship of the program. Absolutely. Um, So. I'm not sure how, how much people know, but um, so so uh, Techstars puts you through one month of uh, rigorous mentor meetings mm-hmm. um, talking about your company, getting uh, an array of feedback. Yeah. And what you take out of that is maybe one or two things that is consistent across, let's just say 60 to 70% of the people you speak with. Yeah. And what we took out was, one is you should be focusing on uh, even a tighter demographic yep. because your industry is so broad. Yeah. If you want to deliver, you have your product already built on Salesforce. So when it comes to a platform already invested in, you need to double down there. Right. Um, and then finally, you need just to find early adopters to prove your hypothesis right. that a healthier and happier call center agent is a will provide better customer experience, for instance, right. and have a lower burnout rate. Yeah. And that's where we're at.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it makes sense. I mean, it logically, it makes sense where you go, if somebody's customers aren't happy and then the call center agent is, is grumpy and, or tired, like if you could connect that better, you're going to drive sales or you're going to drive better customers. Like logically it all makes sense. But until you dig into that sort of stuff, you're like, okay, I hadn't thought about it. I hadn't <laughs> thought about it, period. And so forth. So, yeah. Um, very cool. We asked you sort of one last thing before we wrap it up. Um, tagline is, uh, you know, millennialize your being, which I sort of thought was, was cool. Um, and I, there's a part of me that's like, okay, the millennialism has whatever uh, stigma that people have. But then you realize, like, everybody's got a phone in their, in their pocket. Everybody's wearing wearable devices. And it's really just about making, you know, the things that you do every day easy to plug together. It's, you know, it's, yes, the tech is the millennial tech or it's notifications. But it's, it's just making it easier for everybody.
3: Agreed. Uh, if I were to term it, I'd just call it efficiency. Yeah. People are just becoming more and more efficient. Yeah. Um, questions that you have are being answered more quickly, yeah. uh, more intelligently. And uh, we believe we're we're millennialized in that form. Right. And I totally agree with how you how you described millennialized because um, that is what our focus is. Right.
1: Well, and at the end of the day, um, all of us, whatever, whatever job we're in, we're, we're still trying to be as good as we can possibly be. We're trying to figure out how do we get one or two percent better. And any little thing that can help us, whether it's, you know, how we eat, how we sleep, how we, whatever is going to potentially help in that category. So yeah. And right. we're
3: here just to quantify that.
1: Yeah. And the fact, <laughs> and the fact that you guys are, are passionate about trying to make that a part of what people do every day is very, very cool. So, thank you. Um, well, listen, uh, you know, Navid, uh, from Fitbliss, um, you guys are, you guys are taken off. Um, there's some very interesting things that are coming down the pipe. We may have to talk again very soon. Yes. Um, but, uh, thank you for the time today. Uh, very interesting space and, I'm really interested in sort of how you guys have evolved as a company, evolving the technology, evolving the market fit, and uh, something I think everybody can kind of you know aspire to figure out. You know, how do you take something you're passionate about, get into the market, learn from the market, and
3: keep evolving over time? Absolutely. Thanks so much for having
1: me. You bet. Thank you. Thank you, Navid Rastegar, CEO of FitPlus, folks. With that, I want to wrap up the show. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Buddy. Enroll hero and fit bliss today. Hope you enjoyed the format of today's show. Hope you got a chance to really kind of, you know, get some perspective on what goes on in these incubators. Uh, You know, the different perspective that that founders have. I think you're going to see that um, there are lots of different types of founders, lots of different backgrounds that they come from. And and as you're seeing, they're really attacking different parts of the marketplace. And, you know, as we always try and do in the Cloudcast, we're trying to educate you. We're trying to show you different perspectives. And so we hope you enjoyed this format. Uh, We're going to do a similar format next week with three more new companies that are part of the Techstars program that are working with the MetLife um, uh, Innovation Accelerator program here in Cary, North Carolina. So with that, as always, thank you so much for listening this week, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more podcasts, show notes, and everything social media, and visit acloud.guru for all your cloud training needs.